0: Welcome back to Caught Monologuing, I'm Ryan Kunzer, and I'm Errol Koenig, and
1: today we have a very special episode, by the- which we mean there's not much news, no, no change, yeah, well, I mean the bonus episode that we just did, about and by we, I mean me and not you, ouch, uh, yeah, um, about Stranger Things, we had no news, this one, we only have a little bit of news, I call that a compromise. <laughs> Call it whatever
0: you want, but we have important things to discuss. Yes, we do. So, first up is that the Black Adam movie, Mm -hmm. starring The Rock, has a writer now, Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm going to let you attempt to pronounce his name. Okay.
1: Adam Stikeel. It's pretty good. Maybe. (laughs) We'll find out. Uh, Yeah. Um, (laughs) Once we learn more about the pronunciation of his last name and even if i'm pronouncing his first name wrong i assume it's adam a <laughs> or it's well that's really the only other option but when he
0: calls in because i'm sure he's a big uh avid listener yeah of course yeah but the important thing is what else has this guy done why is he doing this well
1: interesting yeah choice um so i think he is probably, I don't know if most well-known is the right word, but he's one of the creators of Undateable, which was a sitcom on NBC that I really enjoyed
2: mm-hmm.
1: and other people really enjoyed and NBC really liked. And they decided to make it live, like, all the time really for one season. And it just became more of the cast members trying to make each other laugh, and it lost its novelty, and it was... Uh-huh. Weird. That being said, the show was really funny. It had really uh, great actors, and, or really funny actors. Uh, and, you know, the writers-creators were good at writing funny stuff. So yeah. that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and definitely, you know, means, at least for me, positive things about what's to come with this uh, Black Adam movie. However, he's also, you know, written a couple things that I haven't seen <laughs> Um. That leave me a little bit more concerned, if you will. Uh, namely, Alvin and the Chipmunks, Road Chip,
0: and classic.
1: Diary of a Wimpy Kid, The Long Haul.
0: The other classic?
1: Yeah. I haven't seen those movies, but from what I've heard, they're movies. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. we'll see. Yeah, it's interesting. This is clearly a comedy writer. Yeah they have hired yeah, I mean he he's also uh written uh, due date the uh, Robert Downey Jr. Zach Galifianakis movie mm-hmm. uh and also Maid of Honor uh which is the Patrick Dempsey rom-com uh both of those movies are good funny movies but really Alvin and the Chipmunks stand out just a bit more <laughs> on his resume so we'll see I mean the fact that they're going comedy with this movie I think I'm on board with just because I know Black Adam is kind of a uh, offshoot of Shazam. Mm-hmm. And I know Shazam definitely works best in a comedy form. And I also think The Rock is great in comedies. Oh, yeah. So I think I'm on board. I think so.
0: Yeah. Obviously, it'll be interesting to see how something that's... If this is just a straight uh, like a comedy sort of thing... How that fits in with the rest of the DCEU, or if this even is part of the DCEU?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, as we're going to talk about later today, um, it sometimes can work very well when you have a comedic writer director mm-hmm. attached with, you know, these superhero projects. We'll get into that with the movie. Stay tuned. Talking about, <laughs> um, but I mean, I I'm interested. Yeah. I, I mean, I was going to watch the movie regardless, so yeah. I might as well keep the same level of interest. Fair enough.
0: Yeah. Speaking of other things you are vaguely interested in.
1: Uh, Actually, I wouldn't say I'm vaguely interested in. I am extremely interested in this, but also my thoughts of it are in a weird... Well, whatever. What are we talking about, Ryan? We're talking about The Lion King. Yes. The new live-action reboot remake what do you want to call it one of those yeah all the same remake i think um yeah but they announced their cast
0: yeah and this is one hell of a
1: cast yes it is it's good Mm-hmm. yeah and like that's not like even if beyonce wasn't involved <laughs> it would still be pretty good but beyonce is involved uh which makes it that much better um but yeah so Let's get into it. We already talked about Donald Glover as Simba, James Earl, Jones as Mufasa. I think we talked about that this summer. Yep. Um, but they finally officially announced that Beyonce is going to be Nala, which I'm on board for. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chewy, um, Chewie Jell, uh, Geo 4 is going to be Scar, which is great because he also played Scar uh, on the, uh, I think the Lions, Scar, whatever. There's a Disney know. TV show that's a uh spinoff of the lion king uh um that i'm forgetting the name of unless i said it right the first time uh (laughs) but he plays scar in that Mm -hmm. so he already has the chops and also he's just a great actor so yeah i'm in for that uh alfrey woodard uh which i i I feel like they said that almost right but it sounded wrong coming out of my mouth but alfrey woodard something like that woodard I feel like I'm saying water, but, like, with a very Philly accent. <laughs> Wooder. Alfrey Wooter.
0: Your Philly okay. is showing man.
1: Yeah. Um, anyway. I she, said that way wrong. She'll be playing uh, Sarbri. Yes, which is a character that, oh, I know, it's mom. It's the mom. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. There we go. Because yeah, I recognize all of these names um, of the <laughs> down uh, call sheet. You all right um so the next up uh john oliver is gonna be zazu yeah which i am all in for uh john kenny is gonna be rafiki uh sure he's a great actor mm-hmm. why not so uh seth rogan
0: will mm-hmm. be pumba and billy eichner B- billy eichner yep i can
1: read yes billy eichner is gonna be Timon. yeah and i think that should work. I don't see why it wouldn't. I mean, it's hard to replace. Um, why am I forgetting Nathan Lane? Mm-hmm. It's it's really hard to replace Nathan Lane. Yeah. Uh, cause he you know stole the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Billy Eichner. Will de- he'll be great in the role just because he has, a really fun, interesting type of vibe. It'll be a different character. Yeah. But Billy Eichner, you know, will definitely, I think, do a good job. As long as they
0: can sing Hakuna Matata properly, yeah. will be happy.
1: Yeah. I, th- I think they have that in the bag. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, keep, go- keep going. Um, Eric Andre is Zizi. Florence Kasumba is uh, Shenzi. And Keegan-Michael Key is Kamari. I believe those are the three hyenas. Okay. Uh, that makes yeah. sense. Um, I know Eric Andre and Keegle Mike, uh, Mike and Keegle Mike and Keegan Michael Key. There, there go. we go. Uh, <laughs> I know both of them from like their comedy and from TV stuff, and I know they're both really funny. I don't know Florence, but you know, sure. I trust him. Yeah, yeah. Did. Disney knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, and then they got two kids playing young Simba, and young Nala, J.D. McCrary, and Shadi shoddy right Joseph. Yeah. So, that is cool. Um, Ryan, just in general, what are your thoughts of this Lion King movie?
0: I mean, they are certainly pulling out all the stops to make this mm-hmm. their biggest live-action remake yet. Yeah. yeah. And I think after... Uh, Because this is the same creative team as the uh, Jungle Book was. Correct, yeah. So I think they, after Jungle Book's success, they want to go all
1: in. And it seems like they're doing that. Yeah, and I, so my views, as I've kind of hinted at right when we were starting to talk about this, Mm -hmm. are very conflicted. Yeah, why? Uh, I am a fan, or Jungle Book is one of my favorite movies of last year. Mm -hmm. and i think that that is the right way to do a reboot remake however beauty and the beast Mm -hmm. and the cinderella and all the other disney reboots have just felt kind of hollow to me Uh and i think the difference for me is that those movies carry a little bit more weight to everything that going or to like us as kids when i was younger especially with a sister Mm -hmm. you know i watched cinderella and sleeping beauty and you know beauty and the beast and all that stuff yeah and it was part of my childhood i also watched jungle book didn't have the same impact so when they were able to bring it back Mm -hmm. and make it better Mm-hmm. I was all in that for jungle book that being said the Cinderellas beauty and the beasts don't feel like it carries the same yeah now with this Lion King I understand it has the same team as the jungle book which I love mm-hmm. and I'm really excited to see what they do with it and I' it's they're gonna do a great job however the Lion King the original movie is a really good movie and yeah. I doesn't feel completely natural to just make another it i don't know if sacrilegious is the right word but because the first movie to so many kids mm-hmm. and former kids is like almost a perfect you know kids movie yeah just remaking it in a very similar way just with live action animals and stuff might come across yeah as uh not great so i'm approaching this with a uh, cautious optimism Mm -hmm. because i think it's going to be really good um i'm just worried that how i'm going to experience it as a viewer is through the lens of you know the original lion king yeah which wasn't the case for jungle book but definitely was the case for beauty and the beast and cinderella yeah i
0: think this would be closer to beauty and the beast in that it was like from what i heard like a almost shot for shot like remake well so original? was jungle book i mean i didn't see jungle book but that was not what i heard it was about close. it okay
1: i mean what the reason why it didn't come across as almost a shot for shot mm-hmm. remake is because it didn't have the same resonance with you know viewers yeah. now you know cinderella beauty and the beast every girl under the age of eight has watched it at least 15 times fair and you know if disney's gonna make a reboot they're gonna make it jungle book however does not people don't watch that as much that's people like it but people Mm -hmm. it's not loved uh to the same extent so when they make a shot for shot reboot uh which this it wasn't exactly a shot for shot reboot but Mm -hmm. when they do go about it in a very similar way Mm mm-hmm it is able to distance itself a little bit so it still feels fresh and new yeah
2: um
1: also with all of the live action animals uh that makes it looks look a lot different than the live act or than the uh animated animals versus the live action people and the animated people are still yeah clo- I, I don't entirely know how to describe it but there's mm-hmm. certain something so i don't know um i don't know but yeah we'll it's
0: see this whole live action reboot undertaking is mm-hmm. fascinating to me just on like why Disney decided to do it. Cause like I can understand that they have all these great properties that everyone loves and yeah. it's a good way to capitalize on that. But you know, you you're forced with the decision is whether we make something that's just like the original or change it. And either way you're going to make people mad and every director's mm-hmm. going to want to do it a different way
1: yeah well it's it's tough Mm -hmm. uh for a couple reasons um addressing the thing about making it completely new completely different
2: Mm -hmm.
1: i mean have you seen legend of tarzan the one movie that came out last year no yeah neither did a lot of people (laughs) uh there's a reason why i mean disney kind of has you know their formula that works with these reboots beauty and the beast uh made over a billion dollars worldwide
0: yeah
1: it made money and even if it wasn't a perfect movie and you know i know i have a bunch of friends who saw it and just did not like it at all
2: Mm -hmm.
1: it at least was a way for them to make a lot of money and if a director has a vision for how to make a movie that a lot of people will see and enjoy Mm -hmm. which was definitely the case you know my little sister loved it um, mm-hmm. I know a bunch of other people you know saw it and really enjoyed it. Yeah. so if you can go out and do that, by all means go out and do it. Mm-hmm. I I believe every movie that can be made should be made as long <laughs> as it is as long as it's well intentioned, uh-huh um, and the people that are doing it know what they're doing. and yeah. by that, I don't mean like they have they've made movies before. I mean like for this Lion King. I want to know that the creators and the people involved love the crap out of the original Lion King movie and they mm-hmm. want to you know rather than making a whole new like a different gritty version of it. They want to I they want to instead of changing everything they want to evolve from it. Mm-hmm. You know, take the good things that it had and make it you know better, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it will be better, but, and I don't think it will be better. Yeah. But I think they at least with it, with that type of intention be able to do it well. Mm-hmm. So we'll see, and you know I'm excited. Yeah. Um, a little cautious, but still very excited. Yep. All right. So moving on to Marvel, our last bit of chaotic news. <laughs> Chaos uh, is a bit of an understatement. Yeah, a lot of stuff is going on with Marvel TV. Um, and I don't really know what's going on. Yeah. Um, I don't think Marvel does either. Um, <laughs> but pretty much over the past week since our last episode, the New Warriors a uh, TV show that was going to be on Freeform is not going to be on Freeform anymore. They, uh, The channel wasn't able to make time in their schedule mm-hmm. uh, in 2018 to put the show on. So Marvel said, you know what? Let's like just find some place else that does have time to put it. Yeah. So that changed hands. And then on top of that, more news came out that uh, Marvel TV is now not able to uh, lease their properties to any distributor that isn't at least partially owned by Disney,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which is pretty big. Yeah. Because uh, that means no more new Netflix shows. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's pretty much the big one. Yeah. Um, because the deeper you look into it, you know, there's actually a decent amount of, you know, outlets for Disney. Yeah, there's a lot of things. There's a lot. And also, you know, not saying they're one for one in what they bring to the table, but Disney owns a good chunk of Hulu. Mm-hmm. Which means they already have the Runaways there. That might just be their new outlet for their new shows. Yeah. You know, I liked it on Netflix. Mm-hmm. But if... There's other ways to do it. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I mean, there's a whole bunch of chaos going on mm-hmm. uh, with, you know, the Marvel Disney TV, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, with the new streaming service. It's... I don't know if it's going crazy, but something's going on. Um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah.
0: I, it's, is that it, uh, it, all it, I can say?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean... I don't know what's going on no one knows what's going on we'll find out more once more is available mm-hmm. and we'll let all you guys know uh as soon as we know stuff so yeah but there are big things afoot in yes. disneyland stuff's happening almost big almost as big as the uh, tw- i think it was 25 million yeah dollar net worth 25 that? billion. Billion. Oh, my bad it was close only <laughs> off by a factor of a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. The Disney streaming service also came out that they're going to be worth about twenty five billion dollars, uh, and that's a lot of money. say a lot. Good. Of money. Good for them. Mm-hmm. Good for them. Um. But yeah. All right. So I think we should uh go from chaos in Marvel TV from the chaos. Mm-hmm. That is. Oh, the chaos going on in the MCU. That is. Thor Ragnarok yeah time for the main event the main event the podcast of champions if you will there we go um yeah (laughs) so Ryan does that make us the grandmasters that does not make us the grandmasters if anything you are the lord of podcasts (laughs) and I am the incredible talker hey roll I guess <laughs> yeah um anyway yeah uh we're talking about uh Thor Ragnarok it came out uh, this past weekend and it's good it's real good it's real good mm-hmm. uh yeah what are your initial thoughts Brian uh I assume this is the spoiler free section yes we're going to get uh, a bit of spoiler free and then we're going to rip down or rip off that band-aid and let the floodgates... <laughs> Uh,
0: you're mixing metaphors here man you know
1: what they get it though the, the people understand what i'm talking about I, I hope sure if not make sure to leave a comment or review in itunes <laughs> and we will address it sure but with a five star or better rating of course obviously um but yeah initial anyway, thoughts go ahead
0: initial thoughts uh this was a very funny yes uh you know, very funny movie uh it was very bright It were great Colors. There was great action. There were great characters. Yep. You know, everything was on point. I think. You know, it was a movie that knew what it wanted to be and did everything it could to be there.
1: Yeah. It and it was great. Everyone should go see it, possibly multiple times. I mean, I've already seen it twice. Exactly. I mean, it's we're recording this on Sunday. The movie Mm -hmm. came out on Thursday. Um, and I would happily go see it again, oh yeah again today, tomorrow if I didn't have homework uh, <laughs> that's what I would be doing mm-hmm. um but it's it is one of my favorite movies mm-hmm. um I'm gonna say i mean it it is on my list of favorite um Marvel MCU movies, which mm-hmm. is that's there's a lot of good ones in there. Yeah. I'm putting this one probably in second. Um, Really? Behind Guardians 1? Yeah, Guardians 1 is, you know, the first on my list. It's, you know, one of my top three movies of all time. Mm -hmm. Um, But this movie is, it's up there. Yeah. And it's real good. Like, it's very close to the level where that Guardians 2 was. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought. Well, I don't know if it's might be a thematic spoiler I'll get into why yeah that is um, in the more spoilery section mm-hmm. but uh it's up there it's a really funny movie um the director uh, Taika Waititi, is just he's great um you know it <laughs> just he's really funny he even uh, has I think one of the funniest characters in the movie yeah uh, in Korg um, the giant blue rock creature yes. Uh, it just across the board it's great. I thought Chris Hemsworth, um, this is his best Marvel performance, absolutely to date. Yeah, uh, he became just kind of a, a, I guess a vehicle for abs, <laughs> and became you know an interesting funny vehicle for abs, and you know it's, I enjoyed that so much, mm-hmm. uh, or at least so much more, uh, you know, in, in this movie it's. They were able to unlock uh, that, and also you know we know that the Hulk is in this movie. Yeah. Uh, unless you watched, unless you haven't watched any trailers, in which case, impressive. Yeah, I don't know how you missed that. Uh, but good for you. Um, but yeah, the the Hulk is in it, and he's great. Uh, there's you know, he, it's a different Hulk mm-hmm. than that we've gotten, one that we've gotten to see before, in i also thought that was done really well also the new characters you know hit home runs oh yeah um tessa thompson as valkyrie so good mm-hmm. um you know uh Kate blanchett as hella mm-hmm. awesome um really just across the board i think this is one of the i mean it's definitely the best thor movie um mm-hmm. but also the best acted thor movie Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and there's lots of good stuff to be taken from it. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: if you have not seen it, please go see it. Yes. Uh, do we have any other thoughts that we can not mm-hmm. spoil? Um No. Oh. I mean oh, I'll I'll add this, it also has uh some of the best action. Some oh, of yeah. the best fighting scenes. Um just in all of the in, in, in all of the MCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some really cool stuff in there, um, but yeah. yeah. Uh, time is it time to uh, let the floodgates of spoilery go? Yes. Metaphors. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that's how it works. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So if you haven't seen the movie, now is the time to uh, pause this podcast, go watch it, and then immediately come back and listen to our takes about it. Yep. Um, if you're not gonna do that rude but also (laughs) make sure to uh like and subscribe this podcast uh subscribe to this podcast leave a rating itunes google play soundcloud etc etc you know like on facebook you know the drill um or if you don't just listen to the end of the podcast we'll go into a little bit more detail um a little bit more rambling of course as usual Mm -hmm. um (laughs) but yeah uh so bye you you should leave now let's give him a couple seconds to to leave get out of here okay good alright it's a good movie it's a really good movie yeah I mean that's not a spoiler but you know (laughs) it's really good Uh, it is so what what are your spoilery thoughts of this movie Um, I guess
0: it was really funny um mm-hmm. this is still not a spoiler. it's not it's not. um I think it was it wasn't like my perfect movie, but it was pretty mm. close. Yeah, I think you know, it was very funny. there was great action, great acting, great directing, great visuals all around. I would say this is in my top, you know, same with you, probably one of my top three or four. Yeah.
1: Well, oh, so I, the reason why I put it behind Guardians. Mm-hmm. I thought this movie was probably just as fun, just as funny. Mm-hmm. The one thing that this movie didn't have as much of is, you know, the heart, the yeah. the, the gooey center that, you know, I love from The Guardians, just the family mm-hmm. stuff that goes on in that. This movie had to some extent, but some just, head. you know, yeah. It wasn't as much as Guardians and it it you know, at the end of, you know, the first Guardians movie, you know, when he has a flashback and sees his mom and it's a little bit cheesy, but also it gets me every time. Yeah. Uh, you know, this Thor movie didn't have that. Mm-hmm. That's not to say it's not an awesome movie. It's just as funny, if not funnier. Uh, the action is just as good, uh, mm-hmm. if not better. It's like they're neck and neck. Uh, on a lot of things, yeah, and just that little bit extra heart is why I give Guardians, you know, the edge, yeah. Um, but this movie is just—it's real. It's real good. Mm-hmm. It's real good. Yeah, I know. I think
0: Guardians One is still better. Um, this movie's sense of humor was slightly different from mine. I think, because mm-hmm. uh, they would tend to like go out of their way to make a funny situation happen
1: yeah Uh, i i I think i i definitely appreciated that a little bit more than you did mm -hmm. i liked a lot of the stuff um or a lot of the you know funny jokes and humor things that were yeah i mean i laughed but but inside i'm like okay but that wouldn't like actually happen
0: like give me an example of that um like uh when they're trying to activate the quinjet and Mm -hmm. uh Uh, like they're doing the voice activation thing oh yeah and thor couldn't figure out yeah thor was point break but banner's thing was banner and it welcomes him as the strongest avenger
1: to be fair to be fair Mm -hmm. he never tried odinson which is his last name he just went thor uh thor odinson Mm -hmm. he went god of thunder uh he never just went with the last name like banner did it's i'm just saying that could have worked True, but people call Banner, Banner, and no one calls Thor, Odinson. That's true, but people do call Thor Point Break, apparently. Apparently. It was a really funny joke. I, I was all on board I mean, for that. I was laughing hard. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, again, I see what you mean. Um, And there was definitely points throughout the movie that kind of mm-hmm. felt a little bit like that. Um, You know, like at, at the end when Meek is dead, but then... But then yeah, not. and it's yeah. still carrying around like it's it's purely played for the for the joke i thought it was hilarious and i am i was all on board for that you mm-hmm. know whole for that whole thing i can understand why someone else who is going in expecting an action adventure superhero movie mm-hmm. uh some of these jokes might take them out of it a little bit yeah To get it but at the same time i just as someone who myself is constantly making jokes <laughs> uh you know, I'm all on board for that. I I'm a huge fan of Taika Waititi. I I thought he did a great job directing and acting. I thought his character, um, was the funniest character in the, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the movie. Core just that, I guess, soft spoken, New Zealand yeah type Giant. character. Yeah, <laughs> it's just and just the way. I I don't know why. Just that his brand of humor, like what he does, what um. I he also some of his other works. What he does with Reese Darby for some, I just find that type of that type of humor. It's like it's up there for me. Mm-hmm. I just like I can't stop laughing. Like <laughs> I, he he stole the movie, and I, I loved it. Oh yeah, um, yeah, I I thought he was great. Um, but yeah, I I, I thought everyone was great. I thought yeah. across the board it was really cool. Just keeping just within the gladiators, um. The Hulk was awesome. And the new side of Hulk that we didn't talk about yet is Mm -hmm. he can talk now. Yeah. The the Hulk is now a character. Um, And I really liked it because this giant, huge creature is now kind of like an eight-year-old, in a sense. (laughs) Where, like, he's still, like, learning how to speak and he's still growing up. And Mm -hmm. he does act like a kid. Yeah. And, you know, I thought that was a really... you know fun way to take it because uh, we can tell that the Hulk's you know the Hulk is getting more power while Banner's kind of losing some control yeah uh and that in itself is really interesting but also showing just the Hulk's progression and all that stuff I thought it was mm-hmm. I thought it was well played oh uh, definitely and yeah. I, I enjoyed it yeah all the
0: actors were just phenomenal all the characters too were really well written and well mm-hmm. done you know Especially Valkyrie, I think was probably yeah one of my favorite of the new
1: characters. I, I, Valkyrie, um, this is how I kind of think of her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's Gamora, but fun, basically. And not to say Gamora isn't fun, mm-hmm. but like their level of badass badassness is like equal. Yeah, but like Valkyrie is just has a little bit more of a sense of humor to her a little bit.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. She's just cooler. Yeah, and you know there's. You know,
0: there's a little bit of attraction between Thor and Valkyrie, but it's not a big thing. And if anything, it's like that was a really cool stab, good kill there. I mean, that,
1: that's that's yeah. If, if anything, that's gonna happen in Thor four, four, exactly. But we got a while till that stuff happens. Mm-hmm. You know, probably gonna have the all female Marvel movie before then. Yeah. Um which especially after this, I'm really excited for because yeah, you know, Tessa Thompson is awesome, and mm-hmm. I want to see her in more. Like, I think across the board, everyone everyone did their job really well yeah. um my one problem mm-hmm. uh, not even with the casting um but like my one character problem is I didn't understand Hella's power and hella I understand mm-hmm. is hella powerful <laughs> um, mm-hmm. if I'm using. All the slang from all the youths of today. I might have made that joke in my head several times during the Oh, movie. no, of course, of course. <laughs> um, but, I mean, well, first of all, Cate Blanchett, awesome, you know, just yeah, really great. She knows what she's doing. She's a really good actress. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Um, but, was her power just like she's a machine gun but with swords? Something she's like a, that. She's a machine, like an omnidirectional sword machine gun.
0: She can make pointy
1: things appear. Because sometimes she makes pointy things appear out of the ground. That's true. And she also can make other, like, axes and
0: yeah. other... I guess she, as the goddess of death, maybe she can create any lethal weapon.
1: That that makes sense. And th- I, I think that's the part of her powers that I do understand, mm-hmm. to some extent, yeah. Um, the part that I don't is how can she catch Thor's hammer? That's the one part that just doesn't line up. Because it was also her hammer. No, the the hammer is whoever can hold it, uh, whoever is worthy enough contains the power of Thor, not of Hela. Thor wasn't he wasn't even a twinkle in his in, in Odin's <laughs> eye when Hela was around, uh-huh. um, or he might have been. But I don't want to get into <laughs> the whole family planning situation hella never had the hammer the hella had you know the giant dog and her fancy hat and no the, in the uh, in the mural there was ones
0: of her holding the hammer was there yeah really
1: did i miss it yeah not paying this, attention this, this was like a big thing i was not paying attention to the hammer like when when thor's like i got probably miss something pretty big but also hmm but she's not worthy. You,
0: you must have missed this because and, it was— Yeah, the, I definitely missed it. When Thor came and sat on the throne and was, like, challenging her, you know, he mentioned it and she was taunting him about it and was like, oh, well, I yeah, bet no, he I... told you that you were worthy, too. and
1: Well, yeah, no, but I thought that was a different thing because um, the two characters—I didn't actually notice the—I ha- noticed everything else about the mural and that stuff mm-hmm. except the hammer. Mm-hmm. like I, I noticed that it was you know odin and you know and hella taking over the world you know destroying everything yeah and all, i saw that and when thor said but he told you you were worthy too and they were both cast out i thought they were just comparing their backstories because thor was also yeah. deemed unworthy and kicked Gosh. off of yeah uh the planet but the thing is he re worthied himself yeah um you know got the power the the hammer back and was able to Save the day, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But Hela didn't. Mm Mm-hmm. So I don't... I I thought that was just within... I don't know. I just missed that big plot point. How did I I miss that? I don't... You saw this movie twice. I have seen it twice. (laughs) Huh. I don't know. I guess you see it again. Yeah. Well, I will happily see it again.
0: (laughs) But, But, wow. I wouldn't be surprised if Odin learned... From like banishing Hela, mm-hmm. uh, and that not going so great considering he lost all of his Valkyries. That's true. Uh, that when he banished Thor for similar ish reasons, mm-hmm. uh, that he gave him a way of redemption instead of like he, he took a different path because he learned from last time.
1: Yeah. Maybe. That's my rationale, at least. I guess that makes sense. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that makes more sense but like even at that Hela has become unworthy
2: mm-hmm.
1: and when Thor was not worthy he was not able to hold the Mjolnir so how was she able to hold it unless she became worthy but like she definitely wasn't because she know. wanted to it might it might be part of her power over lethal weapons I guess I don't know whatever um, that being said mm-hmm. Thor loses his hammer for this movie yeah. And I think the movie is so much better for it. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, in, in in the first movie, it, you take away the hammer, Thor becomes a normal person. Mm-hmm. In this movie, you take away the hammer, he's still Thor, the God of Thunder. Exactly. And I think one of the funniest lines, but also one of the most important lines yeah. of the movie, <laughs> is like at right at the end when Thor is battling hell and hell is you know, already cut out his eye mm-hmm. uh, and all that stuff and you know is it thor's about to die and he has a flashback or not a flashback a vision, vision. yeah uh, to his dad and his dad says you're not the god of hammers you're the god of thunder <laughs> and like that line by itself is a really funny line yeah but also in the context of the movie carries so much weight mm-hmm. and makes so much sense and
0: i think if any line's going to be Mm -hmm. a representation of what this movie is i think that's a good one yeah
1: that 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 line is the movie yeah um and i think it it works really really well because the scene that follows that is the coolest ever um you know throughout this movie there was lots of really cool fighting stuff we got you know the hulk versus thor battle in the contest of champions which we need to talk about grandmaster oh yeah and second but like there was the the Hulk thor battle there was all the stuff with hella taking on you know just the armies of people with her machine gun sword mm-hmm. powers uh there was you know the one where they're flying on spaceship trying to escape um sakar yeah. mm-hmm. like there's so so many good fun fight scenes but the one at the end mm-hmm. so good so good i like this is a true story how i like my body couldn't contain how excited i was <laughs> after thor got his i guess extra not extra lightning powers but like once he realized the full extent of what his powers can do uh-huh. and like he jumped you know back in the fight and the immigrants song started you know yeah. blaring I was literally rocking back in my <laughs> back and forth in my chair when I was watching the scene. Mm-hmm. Both times I saw the movie, <laughs> like it's like the the, the the first time it was like no one was sitting next to me, so like my arms were flailing too, and it was like, <laughs> "What's going on? This is incredible!" That's mm-hmm. I, I couldn't contain, like so cool. Like Thor jumps in, like when he was he jumped and like just spun through the air, mm-hmm. like electric going. Oh my so cool. Yeah. Like it's I I mean I know I sound like an 8-year-old describing you know <laughs> describing the scene but uh-huh.
2: but that, that yeah. that's
1: how it made me feel mm-hmm. and that I think is the perfect. You know, that's how I should feel when I'm watching one of these things. It should make me yeah. reach that place of like childhood just excitement. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I was able to feel that in this movie both times I saw it. Yeah. I big fan of that but then also within that scene we got to see you know valkyrie just be awesome she sets off the fireworks from yeah from, from the plane and like she also just walks back in like slow-mo and then stabbing It's mm-hmm. so cool then the hulk's fighting a giant dog and like yeah. the part when the hulk punch, like he's being dragged underwater uh-huh. and like it seems like he's about to drown, but then he punches the dog who <laughs> flies out of the water mm-hmm. like <laughs> this is so cool yeah. like that's a that dog is a heavy dog mm-hmm.
0: it, and, it's also a wolf not a dog it's a dog it's fenris wolf it's it, it's an important part of norse mythology
1: it goes woof, it's a dog it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's a dog it's mm-hmm. yeah um but it's that was really yeah that, I think, that that is, like, one of the reasons. Just mm-hmm. that one scene of just pure excitement and adrenaline. and just, Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. That, that's why this movie stands out. Mm-hmm. You know, on top of it being super funny. Um, speaking of super funny, you should probably get back to the Grandmaster, who also say, stole yeah. the movie. Mm-hmm. Every scene he was in, Jeff Goldblum, Jeff Goldblum did. it just it's like the perfect role for jeff goldblum like right now in his career where Mm -hmm. it's not that he doesn't care Uh but it's that he has that kind of attitude where like he's the best and he knows it and Mm -hmm. he just delivers that so well oh yeah uh and it's just so funny uh and I i really liked it he was great
0: i like seeing loki and jeff goldblum the, the Grandmaster I mean, mm-hmm. interact. Yeah. Because, you know, Loki is also that kind of character. But mm-hmm. then having to act like he's not at the same time, it's,
1: it was great. Yeah. No, it, the I mean, the scene with those two when they're watching mm-hmm. Thor and Hulk is just... It's great because, like, you actually get to see, you know, like... The audience kind of goes to the same place that Jeff Goldblum. He's just watching it and he gets excited and, like, when thor punches the hulk and hulk goes flying gold you know the grandmaster stands up like whoa what just happened yeah and then you know when uh the hulk starts smashing loki around or not when he starts smashing <laughs> thor around yes. and loki says now nah, you know how i <laughs>
0: it was great yeah that was probably one of my favorite moments of the fight is when he picked up thor like he picked up loki in the avengers movie and smashed him on the ground uh, yeah no
1: it's that that was funny that yeah. was really funny
0: Loki's whole arc in this movie was really well done, I think.
1: I mean, I, if anything or I'm not disagreeing with you, mm-hmm. but if anything I thought it was one of the weaker, not saying that it wasn't good, it just mm-hmm. it was one of the more forgettable parts for me. Like Loki was fine. Yeah, I mean, it was
0: forgettable only because the rest of the movie was really
1: good. Yeah. I, and that that that's why it's you know Loki's arc of kicking out Odin Mm -hmm. and pretty much killing him yeah or sending him to die and uh pretty much sending thor and on this journey Mm -hmm. like like it's good it's not really there that i think is where the heart might have been able to come from Mm -hmm. but also i think if they played it up more it would have taken out some of the other parts like i don't i don't know yeah again making a movie is really hard and you can make one as good as this one I don't think you should mess with it. Mm-hmm. At least not too much. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it it's, you know, it's a tough balancing act, but it's it's good. Yeah. It, it's it's real good. And, you yeah. know, I did read a couple of things, or a couple of reviews and stuff that a lot of other people's biggest complaints is that Loki basically sent, you know, his dad, Thor's dad, mm-hmm. to die. Yeah. And they don't really address it that much mm-hmm. in the movie um, and my rebuttal to that which they're not wrong yeah but you know there's been a couple of days and you know they do have the one scene where Thor is talking to Loki before you know his fight yeah um, and like Thor is like you, you can tell he's mad at mm-hmm. at Loki He's he's giving him the silent treatment and they have it in there yeah could there be more yes but there yeah. was also so much more in this movie that had to be covered that was frankly better and more interesting uh-huh um you know so it's yeah i was fine with it you know but it's it's good
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know after thor the dark world mm-hmm. i remember thinking that or I, I was disappointed that they hadn't killed off loki because I felt like between it, all his roles, yeah. like he, like he had done his thing for the Marvel Universe, and it was time to move on to a new Thor villain. Um, mm-hmm. But after this
1: movie, I'm glad they didn't, because
0: he was good, and they moved on to a new Thor, Thor villain.
1: Like, yeah. Well, um, so my thoughts, at least on the Dark World, mm-hmm. is occasionally in movies and TV when uh-huh. there's like one of those twist endings. Mm -hmm. And, like, my thought process, instead of, like, oh, no, he's not actually dead, Mm -hmm. it was like, oh, my God, what's going to happen next? That was one of those moments for me. And instead of feeling like, oh, no, they just backtracked on killing this guy, Mm -hmm. uh, they added a new wrinkle to what's to come. Yeah. That being said, that put this movie in a kind of tough position. Yeah. Where they had to deal with it. Like, the first act of the movie was... Kind of all over the place. Yeah, it's like he dealt with Sartar and then, or Sartre or whatever is the fire guy, the, the big fire guy that eventually killed Asgard. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he fought him, and then he went back and saw Loki uh, watching a wonderful performance by Matt Damon um, uh, as as himself. Uh, but like L- Loki is playing his dad, Odin, and he's mm-hmm. watching a play of. Matt Damon playing Loki, uh, <laughs> Luke Hemsworth, Chris's brother playing Thor, mm-hmm. and uh, Sam Neill, who is the uh, like the main character, the non Jeff Goldblum main character from Jurassic Park. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He plays the actor version of Odin, which is funny <laughs> for a couple of reasons. One, because he worked with Jeff Goldblum on. <laughs> You know, on uh, on Jurassic Park, but also because uh, on Taika Waititi's most recent film before this, mm-hmm. um, Hunt for the Wilder People, uh-huh. he was, I guess, the main character in that, and just it was a whole scene of fun cameos, yeah, uh, going on. And I thought that was, but like again, it went from that to that to Doctor Strange, to oh yeah.
0: I want to touch on that. What what? Why was Doctor Strange in this movie?
1: No for the one reason is to get them to odin like they had to they had to get to him somehow quickly I mean, how do you do that in a way that makes sense for the plot but doesn't take out too much like, well if you have this magic guy that knows exactly where he is you might as well i mean they use it they could have just done
0: that loki knew where he was because yeah. loki put him there yeah but I mean, I agree that it was certainly a funny scene, but it didn't... It definitely didn't, didn't add, add anything. anything. I agree. Yeah. I agree. It's... I
2: mean, the only thing the... I can
0: think of is they wanted to establish mm-hmm. Doctor Strange as a protector of Earth, or and, show that his powers were separate from the Asgardians' powers, and, and things you,
2: like that. You know
1: what it could be? It could be his introduction mm-hmm.
2: into uh,
1: Infinity War's. 'Cause I don't True. think he's met with any of the other Avengers yet. Yeah. He's just kind of off in his own, you know, magical, mystic yeah world. And now that he's interacted with Thor mm-hmm. and Loki, they now have a magician to go to or sorcerer yeah. supreme to mm-hmm. go to uh to help, you know, fight off this giant alien guy. Yeah. So, like, I agree it was kind of useless to the movie, but I don't think it hurt, mm-hmm. and you know they already had all the doctor strange stuff set up, and they were you know, yeah, just piggybacked on that set, mm-hmm. and went ahead with it. I mean, I'm not mad at it. It wasn't the best in the world. I mean, it, it wasn't. It wasn't that. Ne- it wasn't the most necessary scene in the world, but you know it happened. Yeah, but yeah, but pretty much all of that goes to say that all happened very quickly in the beginning of the movie before, Thor even gets to like a lot of stuff happened to set like as set up yeah and it kind of bounced from one thing to another to another and Mm -hmm. a little bit all over the place it was able to do so in a way that it didn't feel all over the place Mm -hmm. at least not very much um and it was able to you know once we got into like the you know the meat of the movie once we got into hulk and thor and valkyrie and all that stuff it it felt normal
2: mm-hmm
1: but you know that being said it was it it, it, it was a, a bit of a uh circuitous route <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's fancy. a big word um but yeah i mean because like they had to set up you know the ragnarok in that first scene and mm-hmm. then they also had to set up that or had, had to go back to the fact that odin wasn't you know on the you know wasn't on asgard anymore and they had to go mm-hmm and bring hella back and they had to yeah yeah you know because no i can't do it And i was trying to make a hella back girl thing and it's <laughs> it's you know i didn't want to force it. I, it it's there's a joke to be had somewhere in there it's mm-hmm. just i will leave that to you uh and leave a review on this podcast uh <laughs> and talk about your hella back joke and you know what you will read it yep yeah um <laughs> Yeah, uh, let's see. What
0: else do we want to talk about? Uh, we still haven't really talked about the whole Grand Master. Well, we talked about the Grand Master, but not the rest of the, the whole planet. Oh, yeah. That goes on.
1: Yeah. because there's, there's, so there's so much stuff that goes on in this movie that I know we're going to be bouncing around from oh, a yeah. billion different things. Um, we're going to be kind of like the like the first third <laughs> of the movie in that we're just going to jump in from thing to thing to thing to thing to thing. Yeah. But yeah, we do you want to talk about, about uh, Sakaar and all that.
0: I mean... I, had I agree. Yeah.
1: I agree. I the, the, I mm.
0: the world of pure imagination, I think, was oh, yeah. one of my favorite moments of this Yeah, movie. okay,
1: so when Hulk is about to be introduced to the Grandmaster, he goes on, like, he's trapped on this chair, and he's being taken on, like, Thor. This, when Thor, Thor is going to be introduced. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Continue. I'm tired. Um, <laughs> so, with Thor is on a chair, he's being... This is right after he was captured by Valkyrie, mm-hmm. or by, uh, uh, or whatever, I don't want to, I'm not even going to try to st- n- remember what her number was. Yeah. For But whatever. She was taken by Valkyrie, and, or he was taken by Valkyrie, and he's trapped to a chair, uh-huh, and they kind of take him down, like, this tunnel of stuff. Yeah. Introducing who the Grandmaster is, Explain pretty much a whole scene all about exposition yeah that in a normal movie would be very boring mm-hmm. but what they do is they do it and they do it in a way very similar to the tunnel in you know charlie and the chocolate factory uh-huh with the world of pure imagination, pure imagination going on mm-hmm. just as as the score of that scene and it's just <laughs> it's so funny it was amazing it's so funny uh yeah, and then like Thor's like freaking out. He's screaming. He's screaming, and then he's just kind of in the middle of the room. This. <laughs> yep, that's good. You know,
0: it it's good, and it's very apt because this whole the whole planet feels like the Grand Master's yeah. Willy Wonka chocolate factory, where it's just you know everything revolves around him and the creation of champions.
1: Yeah, and in I think that scene is also what the scene does that does well is it covers up exposition with like a joke or it does it in a way that doesn't feel like exposition Uh uh-huh and this movie did that throughout the movie with a whole bunch of different parts i think yeah the other moment that uh really stuck out to me um especially the second time i saw it when Uh loki takes valkyrie back to her confrontation with hella yeah and it's used as, like, Loki getting at, yeah. you know, like, try, like trying to mentally attack Tessa Thompson, but also it's giving her backstory yeah. in a way that didn't necessarily feel that heavy-handed, and I, like, that, I felt, worked well. It, it felt a little bit more, they were able to, to deliver this exposition in a way that didn't feel like exposition, and that mm-hmm. I was still interested in,
2: you yeah. know. Enjoyed Same thing it. with
0: how they introduced the concept of Ragnarok at the very beginning. Yeah. You know, it's it's very exactly, it's pure exactly. exposition.
1: It's pure exposition, but, but Thor is just swinging but, in a circle and... They have to stop every 15 seconds so that he can spin and look back at, at yeah, it, the Balrog again. And I, I think, oh, that's his name? No. No, that's from he, that's from Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah, but, but he's basically a Balrog. No, it's it's Sartor. Sartor.
0: Sartar, yes, but I can say Balrog. So
1: but that's Balrog. wrong. All right, um... <laughs> but yeah, uh... that is. I agree. The movie did that. Like, that's another great example of how the movie covered up exposition. Yeah, because there's plenty of other movies that just have exposition dumps that mm-hmm. feel like exposition dumps. Yeah,
0: or you know, uh, uh, title scrolls at the beginning of the movie
1: yeah i mean that's that's an, that's a good example of an exposition dump. yep like in wonder woman they you know she read a book explaining exposition yeah it's like and it can happen and it it, it, it works and isn't it usually isn't too distracting but when you can do it in a way that you know you only realize is exposition like when you think back at it. Yeah. That's when, you know, you, it really works when you, when the movie really connects. Yeah. Like, so.
0: uh, going back to our Monsters Inc. episode. It's just like that, where they did all the exposition at the beginning when they're walking to work. And yeah. It but like they did perfectly.
1: Yeah, exactly. It fit in perfectly. You got Billy Crystal being Billy Crystal, which is enough of a distraction from the exposition. Yeah. That you don't realize you're being force fed information. hmm And it works. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, what else we got to talk about? Um, Let's see, there's definitely, there's plenty of more Joes we can talk about. We haven't talked about Scourge. Oh, yeah. We haven't talked about, You haven't even mentioned the fact that Heimdall's in the movie. <laughs> I just realized, oh, I mean, yeah. like Heimdall is like a big, like a pretty big Thor character. Yeah. Uh, he plays a pretty big role in this movie. hmm And, you know. It's it's an
0: impressive day when Interest Elba gets outshone.
1: Yeah, when, when Idris is an afterthought. Yeah. A good afterthought, Mm -hmm. but still an afterthought.
0: Yeah, it shows the depth of this movie that that that's the case.
1: You know, and, like, he was, like, he played the role of, kind of, what, he he kind of, his his role was to, you know, inform the audience of what's going on. Yeah. Back on Asgard, Mm -hmm. while Hela was... Yeah. Hanging out with her dead friends in Scourge. Pretty much. So it's... And also he had to make sure that he took the sword so yeah. Hela couldn't, couldn't, you know, leave and take over the world or universe. Something like that. Yeah. So, you know, he, he had a pretty big role in terms of mm-hmm. the main plot of this movie. Just It was just kind of smaller compared to all the good stuff he got from Thor and Hulk and yeah, uh, even Hela and Scourge. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he was great. I also wanted to talk about Scourge for half a second because... Yeah, it, it was a small role, mm-hmm. but what they were able to do with that character um, was really interesting. Uh, in that, one, they were able to give him a nice, fully fleshed out arc where he was just an underappreciated Asgardian, where like he fought with Thor, but like no one remembered him. Yeah, uh, and then like he finally got some recognition from Hela, mm-hmm. and like he was on board with that. But then he started getting a little bit more of a heart when he was about to execute someone for no reason yeah and we could see that and then at the end you know he jumps out of the plane and like kind of holds off yeah the uh you know dead people mm-hmm. from, so that you know, the, so the, the plane could take off and yeah and what's really cool about that mm-hmm. on top of just being a nice scene and we get to see this fully fleshed out small minor character yeah that's also directly from the comics Really, Scourge the Executioner for the longest time was a big villain of the Hulk, or not of the Hulk of Thor. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know where he killed a lot of people mm-hmm. and he executed people, and because his name is the Executioner, yeah. Um, <laughs> and his I guess his moment to shine in the comics was when he uh finally got, he, like he he finally came around and like held off frankly hella from you know stopping thor and from saving the world or whatever i don't i don't remember the exact situation in the comics mm-hmm. but it was very similar where he had to fight the army of dead so that hulk can do what he had to do and people could be safe yeah and it was right out of you know right out of the comics only difference is this one uh had two machine guns uh, <laughs> yeah which were great uh des and troy uh which Ryan thought was a reference to Greek mythology. Yeah. Or which turns out. So you said that because Troy was a thing. Yeah. Did you have any connection with Des or just? No, because... I just assumed it was some character I didn't know. Okay. It actually is a football reference. Which is uh, why I didn't. Which get is why you didn't get it. Which is why no one in the theater was laughing except for me. Mm-hmm. Because they were referring to Des Bryant and Troy Aikman, two of the uh, greatest Dallas Cowboy football players of all time and i really i appreciated the joke Mm -hmm. but i really appreciated the fact that i was the only one to get the joke (laughs) like i started laughing i mean the first time when i heard the joke i laughed the second time when i heard the joke i didn't laugh for half a second Uh uh-huh no one was laughing that's when i started laughing (laughs) because i realized i am the only person that understands like that watches football of this crowd of nerds yeah um which I am probably one of those nerds, but like at the same time, I you can be a football nerd and a superhero exactly. nerd. Exactly, exactly. But as the only football nerd in that group of superhero nerds, it was yeah. fun, fun to see. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, uh,
0: you know what else? Oh, uh, now I finally know what the the flash forward from uh, Age of Ultron was. Uh, awesome. Thor, Thor went into the lake and saw a vision of yeah. Heimdall and a group of Asgardians hidden in this in what turns out to be the uh, the place where they uh, hid from Hela and Heimdall was like, you need to save us or whatever and that, huh. it was supposed to be a reference to Thor Ragnarok um, yeah. and now I finally recognize it
1: Oh, yeah I guess that makes sense Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool um yeah. Okay. yeah I mean that, that 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 does make sense that was i think i also picked up on that a little bit mm-hmm. just mainly because with I, I could see like the yellow eyes and like i was like oh is that what they were talking about yeah i didn't get the exact like location and stuff and i didn't remember the scene from ultron all that well yeah um, i just
0: i just recognized the the setting and that it was hindall with a bunch of people I'm like oh
1: i guess that's what it was yeah and also i think that scene was made before they brought in Taika Waititi yeah to work on this movie so I'm sure Kevin Feige already had the master plan and was like and then they just didn't have just that one and they had that one piece of the puzzle they just get the, the rest yeah. of it yeah um and you know that one I guess vision from Ultron didn't really make sense now but or yeah. didn't really make sense then mm-hmm. still doesn't fully make sense now but it kind of fits yeah so
0: it at least points towards something that exists now. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. Um, all right. I'm just trying to think, because there's so much stuff in this movie to talk about. Yeah. And we've been bouncing all over the place. Oh. And we've talked about, yes. Um, when Loki goes
0: and summons Ragnarok. Sure. Um, oh, we need, to, t- we need looks- to talk
1: about talk about that. Yeah. That's big. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, actually... We're going to talk about that in a second because okay. uh, I think that's probably a good place to end it on that's because true. that also leads directly into what happened in the or mid credit sequence. But yes. I wanted to point out one small thing mm-hmm. that I noticed in the movie. Cool. Uh, do you know who Beta Ray Bill is? If I Google them, will I know? Maybe. Well, pretty much in the comics. Uh-huh. There is a character named Beta Ray Bill, which is pretty much this alien horse person uh-huh. who briefly gets the power of Thor. <laughs> oh, I do know this. Yeah. Okay. If you were paying very close attention uh-huh. in the Grandmaster's tall skyscraper building, yeah. you definitely saw Hulk's face yeah. front and center.
0: There were a couple other ones, too. There yeah. was
1: five other faces. The one directly to, I guess, looking at it directly to the left of it, Uh huh. that's Beta Ray Bill. <laughs> and like i'm sure the other ones probably mean something but yeah that was the one i picked out i, was like, I know what that is and I, <laughs> I i appreciate i appreciated that little easter egg yeah. um but in what started out as an easter egg mm-hmm. uh in the earlier scene when hella was walking through the vaults getting to the eternal flame to get to the army of the dead yeah she walks past pa- uh, past a uh, tiny Blue box, if you will, uh-huh. uh, that holds a lot of power.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Actually, she walks past a couple of different things. Yeah. She walks past uh, a gauntlet that <laughs> apparently is fake, which is really mm-hmm. funny mm-hmm. for two reasons. One, because it's a funny joke, but yeah. two, because there were lots of stuff going on that, like, how does Odin have a gauntlet and also Thanos, Thanos gaunt- have one? Yeah. Turns out. It explained all of that in just a throwaway <laughs> joke and just the fact that it they, they, they yep. was good. It was good. It was real good. Um, <laughs> so, like, that happens, but then she walks past the, te- the Tesseract. Mm-hmm. And she's like, hmm, this is interesting, but then she keeps going. Yeah. Later in the movie, when Loki goes to take uh, sartar 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 The Balrog. Sure. Takes <laughs> his head, puts it in the Eternal Flame. uh uh-huh. To cause Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Which I believe is also something that happened in the comics, where Thor has to come to the realization that the Ragnarok is unavoidable, and he has to. So it's a it's a deep issue. Uh huh. Um, definitely more cerebral than other comic issues. I, I think I read it, but honestly, I forget it was. It was too serious for me. Uh-huh. I, I like this version with the jokes better. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so they put the head in the flame, but Loki walks past the tesseract, mm-hmm. gets a look in his eye. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to a different thing. We don't know what happened to the Tesseract. Yeah. But we do know that Asgard has been exploded. Mm hmm. And we do know that Infinity Wars is coming up very soon. Mm hmm. Did they leave the, the uh, Tesseract on Asgard? Did Loki take it
0: with him? Loki's got it in his pocket.
1: That's a big pocket. He's the god of mischief. Well, he probably has big pockets. I'm not doubting you, but like, it's, it is a question that's going to be answered Mm -hmm. very soon. And there's a chance it was already kind of answered when on their giant spaceship that they were escaping on Uh an even bigger spaceship. Yeah. Which we assume is Thanos. We are assuming it's Thanos. We don't know. Mm -hmm. It could be,
0: you know, something different. Yeah. This could be them meeting up with the Guardians.
1: It could be. It could be um, something going on with the Nova Corps. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know. There's lots of different explanations. Yep. Uh, and we're not going to find out until this summer. But. Yeah. If that is Thanos, that does lead us to believe that the Tesseract is currently on the ship, which also leads us to believe that Thanos mm-hmm. is about to. Come down on us. Yes. Yeah. Which also, uh-huh. ooh, we, should, we should totally do this. Uh-huh. We should do an a, uh, Infinity Wars Deadpool. A
0: what? what, what a,
1: now? A, a Deadpool, but for Infinity Wars. So you know in Deadpool, uh-huh. they have the thing on the board, or they, they like at the bar, they have like a whole board where everyone, oh. all the regulars' names are there, yeah. it's like who dies first. Yeah. And you put money on who you think is gonna, whatever.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think we should do that for Infinity Wars. I like this Because I think... I mean, everyone's been talking about Vision being mm-hmm. the obvious person that's going to die. Right now, I, for me, I kind of hope he doesn't die mm-hmm. just because everyone's been talking about it and that'd be way too predictable. Exactly. Um, so if they switch it up, that'd be nice. Mm-hmm. That being said, I think I have a new favorite in the Deadpool. You think it's Loki? I think it's Heimdall. Oh. Cause, yeah. Because if that is Thanos on that giant ship, uh-huh. And they're about to confront each other. Someone's gonna have to go. Mm-hmm. That's going to leave a pretty big impact on the MCU. Yeah. Um my guess of all the big character, big recurring characters uh-huh. on that, Loki's gonna be able to get away because he's mischievous uh-huh. and he's survived death before. True. Um, Thor is Thor and they need him for all for the entire the entirety of the two movies. Mm-hmm. And that pretty much just leaves you. Oh, also, you can't kill Hulk. Um, yeah. But that pretty much just leaves you with, with Heimdall. And, like, maybe you want to include Korg and Meek. But yeah. I don't really count them as, like, one of these recurring yeah. main characters. I could see there being a scene where Heimdall sacrifices himself mm-hmm. to, you know, save everyone else. Now, Uh uh-huh. we still don't know where the last Infinity Stone is. Yeah. If I sound like a, a crazed. Uh, Person with a whole bunch of conspiracy theories. He is. Uh, I am, and uh, this is where, what I spend a lot of my time doing. But mm-hmm. one of the theories is that Heimdall is the Soul Stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there's the whole thing with like the T H A N O S, with all meaning the tesseract, the the uh, eye. Or no, not the eye. The necklace. Yeah. At the end, it's there's, there's a whole. It's on the internet. You can Google it. You can figure it out. Yeah. But the one that's missing is the H. Uh-huh. People have been saying, oh, that's definitely a Heimdall. I kind of didn't want it to be a Heimdall because mm-hmm. that would be too predictable.
0: Uh-huh.
1: But, if it is, that would make sense that he would, that's why Thanos would be targeting the ship. Yeah. Because there's a chance they left the Tesseract back there and Heimdall's what Thanos is after. Maybe mm-hmm. they have the Tesseract, Thanos just doesn't know about it. Uh-huh. And they get to Heimdall. It's, it is an interesting question maybe the sword is the soul stone because it teleports people That's true um that being said i don't know what the soul stone does because we haven't seen it yet actually is it the soul stone i think it is i have no idea Might be a different stone doesn't matter it's one of the stones that goes on the gauntlet and uh there's lots of different stuff that could potentially happen and yeah i'm excited Mm -hmm. we'll see
0: you know, I think people were kind of expecting the last infinity stone to show
1: up in this movie and some, some people were i i assume not yeah because i I felt like that would get the beginning of infinity wars that's that's how we're going to be introduced to Thanos you're gonna get the last stone mm-hmm. that's the beginning of the movie either that or they're saving that for i guess the end of the first one yeah it's it, somewhere in the first i think that that was going to be a big plot point in the first infinity war movie mm-hmm So, yeah, but it's still out there. It is still out there. You will find out very soon. We'll keep you informed right here on this podcast Mm -hmm. for all the stuff going on in the MCU. Uh, As we find out, more. next up, Black Panther. Um, I assume there's probably not going to be the Infinity Stone in that movie, but... Probably not. That being said, I'm really excited. I have avoided those trailers as much as humanly possible, Mm -hmm. but from... The sound of it, because there's only so much that I could do when sitting in the front row. I, I was covering <laughs> my ears, but I could still hear the score and the soundtrack. And for Black Panther, it sounds like it's going to be good. It looks real good, too. Uh, so I'm excited for that. It's coming up in February. Lots of good stuff coming up. And we will keep you informed on Cotton Monologuing, this very podcast, where you should listen to us mm-hmm. uh, on iTunes, Google Play, and, and SoundCloud. So like our Facebook page. Like our Facebook follow page, us on Twitter. That, too. Um, leave a review five stars or better uh, and again we will read it out on this podcast Yeah, uh, and by we I mean probably me um, <laughs> you, we will read whatever you have to say uh, to all of all of our listeners and yeah do that uh, it, it'll, it'll be cool um, make sure to uh, check that out also again um, shout out to my other podcasts uh, Onset with Errol Koenig and Popcorn Confessionals we just had our second episode of that uh, with the Lizzie McGuire movie, um, a, a classic, mm-hmm. classic uh, movie, uh, classic Hillary Duff, really. That's um, true. Yeah, but, uh, and you can do all the same stuff that you do into this podcast with those, um, but yeah, like, subscribe, rate, review, oh, tell please. your friends, tell your grandma, tell My your grandma. grandma's friends, um, do all that stuff. But yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah.
2: Bye. Bye.